Hello and welcome to the Words My Podcast. Today, my guest is someone I've known for a very long time. Someone that some might say I've known all my life. Enjoy our conversation. Peace. If it's not a serious convention, of course, you know, I just make a hot take and then exactly just completely <laughs> bypass it later. I, uh, I was talking to Bailey and I was like, I think my superpower is I'm able to bullshit a reason for anything. Like I'm really good at coming up for a reason that something is the way it works without having any idea. I, I do it all the time to my friends. I do it constantly. I think that's why people think I'm smart. I, <laughs> I, I used to do that and then I... I would like say, oh, like I, what I just told you was complete bull. But then I just started to think to myself, I don't have to do that. I can just stop, and people will believe me, and I'm speaking nonsense. Right? Like you can, yeah, I got you. Um, what was it the other day? It was like something to do. Shit, I totally forgot. It was a good example though, and I came up with a reasoning, and it was completely bullshit like even like i came up with this thing a while ago it was like beautiful and terrible are the same exact word everything that's beautiful is terrible and everything that's terrible is beautiful try to defend that it's 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 a point and i guess it's i don't know i feel like if you say anything that abstract you can get away with it right that's so much fun though as long as i'm the right crowd of course but yeah no for sure like here's here's my defense anything that is terrible in a way is beautiful because it like it brings out different elements and it can be kind of artsy like a terrible a terrible scene in a film can still be beautiful in the way it illustrates life yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) and everything that's beautiful is also terrible because beauty can be terrifying see there you go that's the whole defense it's complete bullshit but it works it's such a fun argument. So when do we start this? I was just gonna keep on talking. It started. Sure. Okay. We're recording. I so normally. Okay. How about this? Hello and welcome to the Words Point Podcast. Today I have my brother on the show. His name is Seth Schmidt. My name is Adam Schmidt. Hi, Seth. And you just you just go in and follow. <laughs> well, what I could. To? I, I mean, could. I guess the more I. I do this, the harder it is for you to edit if you wanted to run smoothly. <laughs> no so. kidding. Yeah, you could just keep talking right now. No, I'll just keep all that shit in and just run it right into the intro. Yes, that's true. That's pretty good. All right. Caesar in two. What, what? What? What else we got going? What else we got going? Um, we could we can talk about camp. You want to talk about camp? You worked at camp this summer. Past three. Past three summers. Yes. This summer was a little bit different though because like. You know, that's true. And, I mean, people that don't have never seen how a summer camp runs would never understand. But the amount of off time you have when you spend minimal time with kids because, you know, COVID, um, is you you have so much more off time that you'd think there would be, like, more shenanigans and stuff. I saw the complete opposite this year, and it really threw me off. I think okay. This is kind of weird. Maybe the, this is a this is a theory. Okay, go for when it. you're busier, shenanigans when they happen feel like they're more important, and they happen like they relieve stress. 
yeah. at camp. Really, yeah. even in school. Yeah. But when you're not that stressed, if a shenanigan happens, you'll be like, "Oh well." It's, I mean, it's, it's it happened. Kind of fun, I guess. It was kind of funny. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> we did that thing. That's that's like school right now. It's <laughs> doing <laughs> yeah. anything. I mean, it, it, doing anything is really nice, but you have so much time <laughs> that your free time means nothing. <laughs> no, because <laughs> it's free time scary. is all of your time. It's very true. I also think part of the camp thing is just maturing in general, mm. which is just... that That's probably true. Have you ever tried to tell a story from something you did at camp to someone who has never experienced camp? Yep. And never works. And you, yeah, you're telling the story and you're like, this is like funny. It's Why don't you understand? The greatest stories too. Um, yeah. I tried to describe Andre to my friends. Didn't work. No. It's hard. I I try to tell people the story of me and Matt Mortel like walking up a trail. We see a chipmunk. Yeah. I grab yeah. my knife yeah. out, flick it open, and I go, good idea, bad idea. A running joke throughout the whole camp. Yep. He says, good idea, flicks out his knife. We chase it through the woods with our knives open. Yeah. That's that's fun. That's, that was like that's a hilarious story. <laughs> um, you can't tell it to anybody. No one understands. They either think you're insane or just yeah. or it's really boring. That's the other side I don't get. Yeah. You tell a story from camp and they think it has no significance. It it means so much. That was that was such a highlight. Yeah. Another one was like I saw like a, a fox snake outside of uh well the building that's now gone. Yeah. And so I got picked it up and brought it into staff and Matt was sitting on the or on the couch just Taking a nap before Sunday, like opening ceremonies. Yep, yep. And I put him on his lap, and then he woke up. Turns out he was afraid of snakes. That's what knew that's that. Really good. It's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> he was freaking out, and it started getting yelled at. They're like, "Get that out of here! What are you doing?" And I was like, "It's just a snake. It's just a nice little snake." That's yeah, yeah. And um, well, an example of like a, a boring story um, is. This is in the past year, but the year before that, okay. we took all okay. the, we took all the chairs inside of handicraft, which is yeah. funny in its own because handicraft, handicraft is known for sitting around on their chairs because they're lazy and don't do anything. <laughs> they don't do anything. Yes. So we took them all and put it on the roof of handicraft. Right now, telling this to someone outside of camp, this means nothing. This is just why <laughs> would you put chairs on I'm, top of a roof? Right. But on the flip side of it, going out at 11 to 12 o'clock at night when it's pitch black and taking a bunch of chairs and climbing the roof with them <laughs> is so much fun. Right. <laughs> and then knowing, like, knowing the meaning behind it, knowing that they're going to get to their work or get to a handicraft in the morning and, and be yeah. like, what are we supposed to do? Because yeah. the lazy people, they don't <laughs> right. want to move them off the roof. They don't want to do the work. The best part about that one that goes beyond just the chairs is yeah. that no one figured it out for a long time. Like, who did it? Like, well, yeah, pretty much. Because... Maddox. At that point... Someone might actually be here with the groceries. Oh, that's fine. They can sit out there, right? Mm. Eh, we can always pause this. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Nobody figured it out. No one figured. No one figured it out for so long, and because at that time, well, first of all, that was the year where we had half of our staff was completely new. Yeah, it was like a mass purge of Bear Paw staff. Yeah, like so you guys were experienced being a 
I a second year where yeah. I spent my first year at camp not talking to anybody. Yeah, except for like the last week. But I came back my second year being one of the most knowledgeable people about camp. Yeah, very yeah. good head start. But no one knew it was it, who it was. Right. Um, and that, that was one of the best parts. It. Yeah, I. There's because the stories are so simple, like. It makes them. It makes them better. Like if you tell a story from like today's, like living in the, like the city a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it takes something out of it. I think this ties into when we were talking about shows that are take place before like cell phones are just better. Yeah, because there's less communication. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it definitely does apply to camp. I think because you are so close to the people there, but not because of like technology. Yeah. Because you actually are spending your entire summer with them. Right. You know them like pretty well, but not well at all in a way. Like there's I, there's so many people at camp that I knew that I didn't know their family, I didn't know anything. That's actually a good point. I knew them. <laughs> you you get to know the singular person very well and how they behave. Everybody there. Yeah. You can start to see somebody walking down a trail and you don't see their face, you don't even see their torso. But if you see their legs and see how they're walking, like, you know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but even the, like some, some of my friends from camp that I like spend time with, I don't yeah. even really know. This is like the in-between section where yeah. you have like close friends and then the and rest then, of camp. Who, right. Who knows? Like there's this in-between section that I, I know them, but I don't know anything about them. That's, that's the best. I love that. Like it's really nice. It's so much easier to have like like mild friendships. I guess you could put that way. You don't really have a choice either. <laughs> you don't have a choice. Um, I remember. You know the story of burning the mouse nests that we found. I think I've heard it like at least five times. It's not exaggerating. It's really? a very very good story. Have you heard it from me? I've heard it from you at least once or twice. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who else I heard it from this year. I think Brendan. Probably. Yeah, he was definitely <laughs> because I, there. Because I forgot that he was there my first year because yeah. I never spent time with him. Yeah, because... that was a good story. Just hearing Neil. Who, again, Neil is someone you can never explain to someone like no. outside of camp. Neil is an old man who probably lived his whole life at camp. I don't think he exists in normal society. I, I hear stories about younger Neil, and I never know which ones to believe and which ones are complete, fa- like complete yeah. fallacies because they're equally believable. Like, I would believe things about him that I would never believe about someone else, if that makes any sense. He's so reserved, but yet so like passionate about camp that I could see him doing anything and no one knowing about it or doing something and everybody accepting it and be like, yeah. yeah. Well, so I think, yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. That's like this past summer. Well, we, we built a very tall tower. Yes. Very good tower. What, now 20 feet tall. Actually. Yeah. Something like that. That's, that's <laughs> it was, kind of it was a nice out of just dead trees. Yeah. So the, the, the tree part. Yeah. Um, well, tr- trees just fall in the woods. So, <laughs> um, okay. Yes. Um, one time one of these trees fell on one of the back trails that goes to outdoor skills, which is right. where yeah. I work at camp. Yep. So it fell and Neil brought it up the next day 
that like the tree was on the trail and he wanted us to like get it out of there. <laughs> really? Yeah. And it was just astonishing to think that like how did he how did he figure that one out so fast? That's a good point. Like it fell overnight? Um during the day. During the time we were working. Oh. Was this tree just randomly falling? Uh, or I don't know. Might have an outside force. <laughs> Who knows? Might have, might have, uh, might have had some assistance. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and he just figured it out. Well, yeah, he must have been walking on the trail or something. But I just don't know when <laughs> or why. <laughs> well, that's like when he yelled at us because of the mouse nest. Why was thought he... we were shooting off fireworks? Why was he over? Why was he on the hill, pitch black, like eleven o'clock at night? Saying that we should go to bed. Yeah. I never <laughs> understand that, man. Is, is bon- I feel like this is the scary thing. I feel like Na- Neil and Jerry have a lot in common. I feel like Neil, you, don't, you didn't get this work at camp, but Cliff worked at camp. Yeah. I feel like uh, more Jerry and Cliff, but Neil, Jerry, and Cliff have a lot in common. <laughs> it's just very... Especially Jerry and Cliff, gone. Which I don't think Jerry would be happy hearing that. I don't think Cliff would be happy hearing that. But I think it's true nonetheless. I think. What do you think is the thing that makes them so uncommon? It's the fact that their way is right. Okay. <laughs> there is no other right way. There's no compromise. What they do is correct. Yeah, that's fair. I was going to, or I've always believed this ever since like I worked at camp. Yeah. First off, camp changes, like makes you a better person. For if you work sure. at camp, yeah, you could really screw up working at camp and still come out a better person. I agree. I feel like there are some people at camp that don't improve. They don't take advantage of it. They don't take advantage of it. And yet they keep coming back. Yeah. I could name people. I could for sure. I'm not. It's it's kind of slanderous. <laughs> it's very slanderous. That's but funny. I would agree. There's, um, but the leader, the amount of leadership skills that you yeah. can get out of camp, and just work ethic, honestly, work ethic, understanding how much work you can actually do in a week and not hate your life. Yeah, you can really, <laughs> if you are having fun with the activities you are doing, you yeah. can keep working. Until you pass out. I fully believe that. <laughs> and that's what I've learned. <laughs> you will work from the time you wake to you, your body giving up and going to bed. Or the work is done. Which I can't just not happen. No, so. work is never done. Um, it's always hard to bring that home after a summer of working at camp. I feel like there's always a depression after you come back from camp. I agree. <laughs> I had that kind of stimulated this year because I went back up. Right. I mean, in that three-day period, and then uh-huh. that like following week period, just that, there's just that time between coming home and still kind of being at camp. Yeah, I went back up and came back home. That's when I felt the most productive. I, I built a crossbow. I know, I know. <laughs> but I wouldn't. Oh, I guess. I mean, I would really like to do that now. Like stuff, not build another crossbow, but like stuff like that. Stuff, yes. But it's harder to. I don't feel like I have as much motivation as I used to. Yeah. 
And I think I think a lot of that motivation comes from like the community that you have at camp. You have a lot of mm-hmm. people that like if you thing. make they do the same thing. But if you make something or if you do something at camp and other people see it, they really appreciate it. You don't get that at home. You don't. Um I feel like everybody's very, like, well, a lot more separated. Mm-hmm. And you don't really get to see who someone really is at all. No. <laughs> I, even the people I barely know at camp, I feel like I know better than some of my closest friends at home. Yeah. It's so weird. Um, yeah. That's all you got? That's all I got on that one. So, you worked at camp, you came back. Oh, I was going to say, you had, like, a lot of motivation when you came home. Mm-hmm. I knew it. Like, I, like you were waking up, you are doing stuff, doing stuff. And I was like, I was talking to my mom, I'm like, he's doing a good job, but it's not going to last. Like, the motivation just ends. It does. I've really been trying to keep it up. <laughs> I've really been trying to. I mean, I'm 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 keeping a keeping a good sleep schedule going. That's the, that's the base. I'm trying to get the work but school is a lot less I'm a lot less motivated to do schoolwork than I am to do camp work. Yeah. Um I was going to say this before when you brought up school, but I feel like you're got running high school how it is now is almost more preparing for you guys to go to college because it's so much independent work. I think it's a big wake up call for a lot of people if they take it. Um yeah. I think a lot of people are doing nothing right now. And have to learn how to do something on their own. <laughs> and that's that's a harder challenge than doing the actual schoolwork. Yeah. Well, it's the same concept as being at camp and having people around you that see what you're doing and like motivate yeah. you to do more work. It's like working out with other people. Yeah. If you go to school, you're in a class, mm-hmm. you're around all the people, you have to do your work and the people around you still see you doing your work. And you're like, yeah. I did it. Or like you get a worksheet in class, you want to finish it in class. Yeah. Because you don't want to be the one kid that <laughs> has to go like, oh shit, I didn't do that. Give me yours real quick so I can copy it. Yeah. Or shove your backpack, quickly fill it out the next day at the beginning of class. Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> put it in your backpack. It's due in two weeks. You're taking, digging your books out of your backpack. It's all crumpled up <laughs> in a ball. <laughs> taking it out. It's happened a couple times. Or it's right. folded like an accordion. Yeah, somehow that's fair. It's not the same at home, but it is good that a lot that it's good that we get this experience. Obviously, it's not good that we're in this experience. Right. It's there's positive suit for sure. I I never want to live so alone as we have like in the past year. Yeah. Like ever. Like this is hopefully the last time I'll ever be this. I've really started to notice how much I have to reach out to other people. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've also, huge benefit, I have completely lost the care about the other people in my high school, how they think of me. Yeah. that was one of my, like, biggest struggles, like, well, throughout my entire life, pretty much. Yeah. Was what other people thought of me. Uh-huh. Um, this seclusion for so long... <laughs> has completely just cut it out yeah i don't care anymore you're like i've lived for so long without even thinking about your opinion that That, i don't care about it and yeah that was actually my motto at the end of camp is that 
is that I don't care what I, like they're anybody else's opinion, if especially if I don't respect that person. Oh yeah, that's and a, then I've carried that on into life. I it's a very important thing. I think a lot of people haven't come to the same conclusion though. Oh for sure, because there's you you can go two ways. You're sitting in like the normal way of life that we had it before, and it's like I care about other people's opinions. Most people did. Yeah, and then. You got a seclusion. You pretty much had to figure your shit out. You had to love yourself. Yeah. You could go two ways. You could really care about other people because you don't yeah. like yourself. Or you could like yourself and then not care about their opinions. It's really your choice. It is your choice. It's a hard choice to make. I'm not saying that's easy. <laughs> no. But it is at the end of your day your choice. Yeah. It. It's... We, well, we hadn't have it, had a pandemic in a hundred years. Not we haven't had a um, pandemic in modern society. No, and with cell phones, I don't think any pandemic in the future is going to be the same as any of them in the past. No, 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 anything is going to be the same as it is in the past. No, like. We we you look at like a pandemic that happened in the 20th century, what yeah. happened like the 18th, the 19th century. They're pretty similar in yeah. how they function and stuff. This one's completely different. If one happens even 50 years from now, it will be completely different. Oh, I can see in like 50 years from now, they're just like you're not leaving your house for anything. Like we'll just drop stuff off at your door. I can't imagine. I could see it happening. I could see it happening. That's when I hop in my car and I go into the woods. Yeah, we, we, we leave. <laughs> we will start our own society. Yeah. And when they come for us, we will cry and go, we tried. Yeah. <laughs> um, I brought up the point on actually when I was recording with Chase and Mason last night. Yep. Both the one of George Washington's farewell speech address. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because that and the Thomas Jefferson thing, both yeah. of what she told yesterday. Yeah. It's very, very spooky. We should pay attention. Like, I really think it would be a cool idea to gather every single farewell speech in a book and analyze them. You, yeah. Even you could analyze all of them. Analyzing cross party. So, like, yeah. analyzing one's, one party's speeches compared to the other party's speeches. I have no backing of this, but I feel like you'd see a lot of overlap. I would agree. About the presidents from the Republican side and the Democrat side saying the same things in their farewell speech. Yeah. Because. I would also think that a lot of the farewell speeches of the past would be more honest. Like, yeah. Th- like, in the past, from what I know, again, don't know at all. <laughs> I would assume that once they were done with politics, they didn't have to worry about them like supporting a party, supporting these systems. Yeah. They could kind of say what they actually wanted to say instead of sounding like a politician. But I think as it comes closer to today, like they would still keep the act up. I also, again, no basis. <laughs> I also think, let's say there's a politician in the 19th century and they they got done with their career yeah and they started saying what they really believed uh-huh um they'll they might just be completely like today when someone says something they fully believe 
and it's completely like radical, you just cut them off. Yeah. No one cares. They won't listen to it. It's anymore. like an amputation. Yeah. <laughs> Where like, this finger is bugging us? No, gone. We don't need it. We don't need you. I feel like in the past they almost continued talking and just kept going with that yeah and always base it off their own well because there was no internet context. to cut him off mm-hmm. it was like hey this guy's always in the coffee shop just yabbering about how whatever the hell what are you gonna do stop him yeah <laughs> kick him out <laughs> but i feel like you should be able like we need the radical ideas so the sound ideas sound sound i that's too many sounds um yeah, but we need some pretty radical ideas to make our current political system look normal. <laughs> yeah. Like, we would need a lot. I just, I don't know how we got here. I don't, that's why I love history, is because yeah. there was so many times for us to stop, and we never have stopped. We've just kept going forward, and I think we, it's about time to go backwards. Well, I, I was came up with this idea the other day, and I don't, again, I have no idea if this would work, <laughs> um, but what if we passed a law that required for the next four years, whenever we make a law or legislation, yeah. we have to take away two? Very interesting. <laughs> there would be so many like debates like oh do we actually need this slight tweaking of like i don't know some drug law yeah does it actually matter yeah or do we actually need this punishment to be on the books maybe we can take this out because this is more pressing it would make them think we've only added more laws yeah we don't take many away at all we have how many amendments and one of them has been taken away Uh yeah (laughs) by definition if we're just getting more and more laws we're just slowly going to lose more and more freedoms. Yeah, that's actually a really good way to put it. <laughs> we never take anything away. Governments only get powerful, and then they collapse. Yeah, you don't see a powerful giving a, a government giving away their power. No. It <laughs> doesn't happen. Well, Why would they do that? <laughs> it's, it's interesting. <laughs> the one line from uh, Dan Carlin's Into the Iceberg... Yeah, podcast called Common Sense. Mm-hmm. Check it out if you want. Um, the one line that always spooked me out was, "We were the first democracy, like dem- democratic republic. Yep. We were the first of our kind. Every government has a lifespan. Since we were the first of our kind, we don't know our government's lifespan." Yeah, that's actually really. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. We could be on our deathbed and we wouldn't know. Or we, we could be just like, uh, we could go through, we're, we're like, could be going through our teenage years right now. Yeah, we could have a just long like life out of us. Just like screwing a bunch of stuff up because we're going through puberty as a nation. And then we'll <laughs> learn from our lessons and mature. Yeah. Or we <laughs> getting a drunk driving accident and our and, country's gone. Yeah. Or we're about, I don't know, 70 something and we're acting like a buffoon. And we're psychotic, and we end up just having a stroke in our sleep. We don't know. We don't. We don't know. Yeah, we'll find out. Well, we don't know. If we'll find out, but someone will eventually find out. Oh, this is we're living in history, as everybody has. Yeah, I like how historic this year is. <laughs> I really do too. I mean, I guess it's something to spice up your life. I mean. 
overall, I think I've actually benefited from this experience. Yes. So much more. Well, I don't think it was a good thing to happen. <laughs> I think a lot of systems and people lost a lot from this. Oh, for sure. I think but we're very... I'm very glad it happened to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. I feel like we're very isolated from like the actual people who are dealing with the problems. That's very true. We don't have the real problems. Like homelessness and... Yeah. You know, like yeah. no, for parents sure. not having jobs because of it and stuff like that, which are like real problems, I guess. I don't know. I don't want to <laughs> It doesn't happen to me. How am I supposed to know? Yeah. But I, I'm kind of glad it happened too. I mean, from my perspective, I'm glad it happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although I'm really, uh, really excited for more things to start happening <laughs> in terms of basic events <laughs> yeah um it's i'm like last year i obviously don't have a lot of perspective on like college yeah but college this year feels more like a prison like you're like you go back to your cell when out of you're out of your cell wear a mask everybody's there to hurt <laughs> you you never know yeah you enter a building wear a mask there's no one really around. Nobody wants to talk to you because you might kill them slash COVID. Um, <laughs> like, it's so weird. <laughs> There's, I, I don't need to leave I, my room. I, I can't even imagine. Because, I mean, from my perspective, high school is more like working for a company to being an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. And you've had a structured schedule of your life, and now it's all up to you. That is a good point. College is just like, you're an entrepreneur, but you're paying more in taxes than you are making profit. <laughs> it's a slow, a slow decline. Yeah. <laughs> and you're in a room that's 10 feet by 6 feet for 24 yeah, I hours. Imagine. I don't need to leave my room. I got a microwave, fridge, TV, computer, power. Yeah, I need water like... and to use the bathroom, which is down the hall. Well, which are communal toilets, which sucks. I never thought about that. <laughs> no, I've I've lost all care for that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Um. So. Yeah, I don't know what we were talking about before this. Um. I would start with camp. We did tell start, you that. We did start with camp. Oh, I was gonna bring up. I'm really glad we live in Wisconsin. I used to like kind of hate it. I really like Wisconsin. Yeah. I hate the winter. I hate the winter, too. I've never hated the winter more until this year. And we're not even in the winter. Yeah. Because it's going to be taken away. Like, the one thing that we can do is spend time outside. And I started to notice how amazing summer is because you, because you can do just that. <laughs> you can leave the house without wanting to die. Yeah. Or actually just dying. I've really started to try to think of like, man, what can I do in the winter that's like similar to things I do in the summer? I've been able to come up with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is cold, snow covered. It just doesn't work out well. It hurts to breathe when you go outside. <laughs> it's so cold. You can ski. That is my biggest pro about winter. You that, can't ski in the summer. That is the only plus. Yeah, I agree. You have Everything to shovel. Else. 
Everything else is better in the summer. I'd rather mow the lawn than shovel. 100%. It's warm when you mow the lawn. <laughs> Shoveling your hands get cold, and you're like, why can't I open them up? I guess I'm just stuck to the shovel now. Might as well keep going. Might as well keep going. Feet get wet when the snow gets like cold and or warms up and melts. And... Honestly, when it snows, I would like, I love a rainy summer day if I want to spend time inside. Yeah. Not so much if I want to be outside. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd much have a rainy summer day than in, like, snow any day. Snow is, like, when it's snowing, it means nothing to me. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, I don't... <laughs> it <laughs> it just falls to the ground and stays there. Um, <laughs> rain's got something to it. <laughs> I don't know. Plus, you get, like, storms when it's... Unless it's, like, really coming down for snow, like it's a snowstorm, that's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Um, but, like, I can appreciate, like, a light sprinkle in the summer. Yeah. A light sprinkle in the summer is beautiful weather, in my opinion. It is pretty nice. A light snow in the fall, in the, a light snow in the winter means nothing to me. Hmm. <laughs> it doesn't change my mood at all. No. It's just snowing. If anything, it makes it worse if you're driving. Oh, for sure. You haven't really experienced a whole winter worth of driving. Uh, got a pretty good one. Yeah. I mean, I Janu- early January. That is true. From then on. But I didn't, I didn't really drive anywhere. <laughs> I didn't come to school. Yeah, which was, what, down the road a little bit? Cool but I, I hate driving in the winter so much. That's... Like... We go from having roads that don't have any slick spots. You can do any... Like, the normal speed exists for taking any corner. Yeah. You never have to judge a corner differently. They're all equal. You love to see it? Love to see it. You get a little white stuff on one of the corners. It's a white corner. You got to take it slow. What's that? It's terrible. (laughs) I've also really started to appreciate past the roads. Having my windows down in my car... Is so nice. <laughs> it's the best feeling in the world. I love having my windows down. I can't do that in the winter unless I want to freeze. <laughs> I think I will take the warmth instead of yeah airflow. That's the best thing. The best thing about winter, I think, in my opinion, is after winter, it's spring. It's spring. That's which, how it felt today. <laughs> it did feel like that today. And that's the best feeling ever. Like when you're just like, it's over. I have the summer ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to think about that anymore. The winter's gone. There's nothing to do. Although I've really been thinking to myself, like, <laughs> past just the cold. Why, like, activity such as frisbee golf? Yeah. Why is that only a summer activity? could totally be a winter activity too <laughs> i don't know what's stopping i've been trying to think about it it's easy to lose your disc that is true imagine it just slicing out of the snow and you're like i don't know what you do is you invent a heated disc it's so totally- it melts the snow <laughs> so you're like i'll find it and like give it a minute it's you, gotta melt through you throw it it makes a, a hole in the ground yeah <laughs> just it's perfect um just finding activities to do in the winter. Biggest challenge. Go bowling. Bowling is good. You can't. Well, you can bowl in the summer though. Yeah, but who wants to bowl in the summer? 
You're really wasting your time. That's true. That's true. How many calls do you get? <laughs> so many. <laughs> like... <laughs> They're all spam calls. I... <laughs> That tell you about my don't answer contact? Yes. How yeah. Many well, okay. Are... So I have it. I have you know this, but yeah. I have my the home phone number right as my cell phone number now. Now, currently, so I get so many spam calls. <laughs> it's insane. So I created a contact <laughs> called Don't Answer. It has so many numbers on it. I pick up the phone. I answer it. Not important. Telemarketer. Shut it off, add it to the contact. <laughs> Next time they call, don't even pick up. How many times do you actually get repeat calls though? You'd be surprised. Really? Although a lot of obviously a lot of places like that use different numbers each time. Right. They just like problem. generate a random number to show up on your screen. I don't, I don't know how really... they do that. Yeah. Stop. That'd be mother. Oh. She'll be fine. Should we get in the groceries? Yeah. Talking about government. We're back. We put away the groceries. Okay. Um, I did not do put away any groceries. That actually. was all me. This is normally how it goes. I'm really sorry. I normally just let you do all the work around the house. Go on. What you are you saying? <laughs> do government? all the dishes. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Three checks and balances are in place, right? There's the three systems. Yeah, and the three different branches. It's three different branches. Okay. They missed one. Well, I want to hear this one. <laughs> this is... It's the check and balances from the state governments to the federal governments. I I think I, yeah, okay, I see where you're going with that. And the way that they get power is by giving them the right to secede from the union. Oh, that's a, that's a hot take. <laughs> if they had the right to secede from the union... And then, like, maybe they could apply to get back in and we could vote for them, like, every four years. Like, if a state's like, we're gone. Their state, like, votes for it. They secede from the union. By the next presidential election cycle, they could, like, we could all vote if we want them back into the union or not. That'd be so... The the, the economics. Oh, it'd be a roller coaster. That's yeah, that'd be interesting. But it does it did make me think what would have happened if like not necessarily that we lost the civil war mm-hmm. which it's kind of ironic because who actually won? We just kinda of kept it together. You know yeah. what I mean? We didn't the, we because were like the Civil War is us, so we both won and lost. Yeah. You know what I mean? We were like, hey, don't leave. And they're like, we we just want to go. Imagine if they did. <laughs> like, at a basic level, I can't see anything problematic about that. No. They would each go off their own set of ideals. I'm almost, like, I've been thinking about how the American Revolution went. Right. And how they kind of, like, banded together against England. But, I mean, in the reality... There were 13 different colonies that really were, were they were separate. Like, yeah. they had very different ideals and stuff. They were so, like, both spectrums. Yeah. And that really comes to a climax of the Civil War. And you'd almost think that the principles that made our country would say, 
Yeah, just live in the two countries. <laughs> Why yeah. not? <laughs> Why not? Like, I'm I'm astonished the fact that we call them we're the United States, meaning that we're innately united. Yep. But it shouldn't. I really think it's a right to be like we want out. I think if a state is ready to leave, if they have the Case structures in place, yeah. And what you'd see if that was our route that we go, you'd see a lot stronger states. Yeah, you'd see very strong states who are can be can be independent, which is a good thing because then the government is closer to the people. Yeah, which means they're allowed. There's more diversity within, like, fifty states. There could be fifty different laws and fifty and one single item. Yeah, you uh. You remember the Articles of Confederation at all? No. Okay. So, before the Constitution... There's the Articles, there's the Articles of Confederation. Right, right, right. Basically, they were like, well, we don't want a tyrannical government. Right. Again, like Britain. So, let's just have... I mean, basically no government. Not the, like a state-level government. Everything was state-run. The federal, like the central government, was like had no power whatsoever. Did they, like, run the mail system and that's about it? I think they had the power to run the mail system at the time. <laughs> Maybe. They <laughs> could not tax at all. Yeah. It was, it was like, illegal. Yeah. It was... They could ask... The, they could <laughs> ask the states, hey, could you give us some money? But the states could just say no and have no repercussions whatsoever. Oh. We also... What is that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... We also didn't the states didn't have different currencies. I think so. I actually um I used that in my essay today. I wrote for AP so, U.S. History. <laughs> we never actually went over that aspect, so I'm really hoping I guessed right. <laughs> but anyways, I think they also had different currencies. It seems about right. Which, I wish we all had different currencies. It would be a pain in the butt, but it'd be cool. I like this guy like different. I like currencies. currencies. It just is cool. We should just have the same currency, but like different. Imagine, oh, but that'd be a printing problem. Different artwork. Different artwork for each each state. Well, we have different license uh, driver's license for each state. Yeah, imagine if you had like a state mint, and that would be so cool. Had their own current, like their own <laughs> set currency. of bills instead of it's still a federal currency. <laughs> yeah, but every state has a really cool design. Built <laughs> that'd be so much better, and you could have you could pay somebody in like. Um, a Minnesotan dollar yeah, and a Wisconsin dollar and they're completely equal. Like how they did still... the state quarters that one? Like, yeah. Like how it, it would be state quarters yeah. but, but for... from the state and dollars. Yeah. That'd be really cool. It'd be a little confusing. <laughs> but with so many things being oh. online I don't think it'd be a problem. It would also be so cool imagine like you're working at Pizza King and someone hands you a 20 from Hawaii. That'd be amazing. And it would spread so fast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, would be compl- it would be really cool, like, not a like a heavy collector thing, but, like, being a kid and having all these different kinds of bills. And be like, I know where this was from. It's really cool. And then, like, the $1 bills get transferred quite often. But, like, if you had, like, a $100 bill from, like, Alaska. Yeah. You never see those. No. no you're not even sure if they exist. You're like, Alaska, they don't even have $100 total. Like, <laughs> how could they make the bill? Yeah. I, 
Yeah, no, but I feel like this should be a thing. Should go back to that other. <laughs> the way the European Union works, yeah, is like they the countries can join or leave the European Union. Well, yeah, kind Did, of. Did I that think. Ever happen? I don't know. Wasn't Britain trying to leave? Did Britain they leave? Trying to leave for a long time. Did they leave? I feel like they postponed. I have no idea. I like how we don't give a shit about Europe. That's good. It is good. But it's hilarious because we expect everybody to know everything about us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're like, wait, you don't know about the United States politics right now? I like the stuff we know about Europe is whenever we're involved. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whenever we're involved with Europe, then we know about it. We knew a lot about Italy during the coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most I've ever heard about Italy. I have no idea how Italy's doing right now. I don't even know. They speak Italian, but Italian's a separate language. I really always thought Italian and French French were the same thing. I'm not going to lie. I think they're very different. <laughs> I don't speak either of them. For the record. But I don't think they're the same. I can't imagine speaking so many different languages on one continent. No. Honestly. <laughs> Sounds terrible. Not oh, not having English as your main language. I know we, the United States doesn't have an official language, but let's be honest. It's, a, it's, it's, it's English. English. Yeah. Um, I, you, you can go anywhere in Europe and speak English, right? I think so. I think they all learn our language. I think so. Like, but that could be just like but, a, I don't know thing about them. I fact. also like how us as Americans, we're like, we speak English because we're Americans. Yeah. English is named after England. <laughs> the country that we... That's nah, our language. I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> like we go to Europe. They speak our language. I went to England. They spoke our language. I don't know why. How did that even happen? Like, that's actually kind of interesting. Like, I guess England was a pretty big empire. Yeah, just a little bit. Not sure good about that. Because they had good boats. So they had a lot of colonies. Yeah. And they just kept on taxing their colonies. Yeah. I... We could never have colonies today. Right? Mm. No. We call them territories. Yeah. <laughs> we just call them territories. <laughs> but there's no new land. We know everything that's here. Yeah. Unless we go in a different direction and some countries really start to fall. And, then we just and that go. lands up for grabs. Honestly, Like, though. imagine if Russia fell. <laughs> that's so much land. It's a lot of land. You start getting colonies. That would be so cool. Like, I don't really... I mean, I don't know if I want Russia to fall or not. But Probably let's just not. say it did. Yeah, theoretically. <laughs> Russia's gone. There's no government. There's a bunch of Russians standing around going like, I don't know what's happening. I have my vodka in one hand. I don't know where I am. Okay? Mm-hmm. A bunch of countries come swoop in. We're definitely going to fight over the land. No, for sure. <laughs> I... It's so hard to learn where we are on the world stage because so much of our politics is inward. Yeah. I don't know anything about the current status in the world. Of any other nation. Of any other nation. I have no idea. I don't even know if we're powerful anymore. Like, that could just be like... Like, we have been told our whole life... 
America. That is America amazing. is the best thing in the world. We created democracy. We are the best. <laughs> Which is like completely. <laughs> it's not really true at all. But we have always been told that. There's such a pro-America in schools when we're young. Yeah. That's how they that's how they convince people to turn to communism in Russia. They started teaching the kids when they're in school and they're like, the adults might not like it now, but once they die, their kids are gonna love it. Yeah. That's what they did that's what they yeah. do in America. That <laughs> just tells it's capitalism and everybody agrees. Well yeah. not everybody, but like But like the majority, enough. We agree not enough not to revolt. <laughs> yeah, we're like yeah, seems about right. Um, yeah, I don't know how powerful a nation gets before it hits like the power cap. <laughs> like, I feel. <laughs> I mean, the atomic bomb was dropped. What seventy years? Not seventy years. Sixty uh, fifty-five. No, eighty six seventy-five. Yeah, seventy-five. Yeah, seventy. Yeah, yeah. I was right. Okay. <laughs> um, they. Dropped an atomic bomb and it was like that just blew up a whole city with one bomb. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. Well, we didn't have cell phones back then, for example. Okay, technology is so much farther. <laughs> I never really thought about that. What can we do now if that was our whole like one weapon mass destruction? Yeah. What What is our potential for mass destruction now? Like, how fast could we just screw everything up? I think it's really fast. I think it's, like, scarily fast. And I think there's, like, this imaginary power cap where, like, superpowers of the world pass an economic standpoint. Like, look at yeah. str- strictly wartime. Yeah. I feel like once you hit that power cap, you can wipe out a nation in seconds. Like, <laughs> two clicks of a button. Like, once you can already destroy 50% of the world with a click of the button, you're as strong as you're ever going to get. And I feel like, because you, you see like the Cold War, you had like us and Russia, and it's yeah. two, like world superpowers. We were just staring and at each other from across the bar, we're drinking too much, and then I feel we like end up fighting. I, I feel like now it's going to be like a whole circle of people looking at each other. Yeah. <laughs> and Or maybe that's a day-to-day thing. It's, I think a good analogy is Right now, we're a bunch of teenagers sitting in a, standing in a circle. These are our world governments. Mm-hmm. Everybody like that's strong enough can come to the party. We're, we're the cool kids in high school. Okay, cool circle. We got the cool circle, and we're sitting around, and we're just waiting for someone to give us a bottle, and then we're gonna spin it in the middle, and the person it lands on, <laughs> they're gonna start fighting each other, <laughs> and then all the rest of us are gonna be like, "I want him to win, and I want, or I want her to win," and you just keep. <laughs> Yeah, and then you end up with nothing <laughs> because I I don't think we'd ever there's a good chance, we could end up with nothing. That's a chance. I <laughs> I think we're gonna reach a point where even the smartest nations that decide this is a terrible idea, I'm not getting in the conflict, won't have a choice because they'll be drawn in any place. Right. The thing is like. There's no point in a government. A government has no power. Yep. If it doesn't have people to govern. Yeah. That's the, the whole concept of a government. The people are where the power comes from, no matter the, what. Yeah, no matter what. A king is not powerful if it does not have subjects. Yeah. Same way with a democracy. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's the exact same way. So, I don't think we'd ever get into a serious civil war again. I sure hope not. I sure hope not, too. You don't want to be suppressed too fast by the government. What do you think is the percentage of people that have to revolt against the government for them not to just kill everybody? Oh. In the, in the revolt. That's a good question. That's... I forgot. There's, there's a really good book. I can't remember what it was called. There's a book that was like in the future. Like... It was it's a fictional book. The Hunger Games. Not the Hunger Games. Maze Runner. No, it's not one of those. It's like <laughs> it was good because it was like I am Legend. It might have been that one. I don't remember. It's the one where you have like the very war America, but then you also have like the very economic America, and the like the citizens is like wartime America. Ah. I feel like it is I Am Legend. I think it is. Where are you going with this? I am trying to think. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> let, me, let me put my train of thought together here. Um, I think... <laughs> I think... Well, that's what you see in that like book, is you see the people go and like rise up. But that's, that's, right, that's what I right, was The percentage. Right, right, the percentage. How yes. many people... Would it take to revolt against government if the government wiped the people out? Yeah, like when would the government be like, it's not worth losing that many civilians? To Maybe stop them right. from wiping them out? Yeah, what would be like the number, percentage of people that were, they'd be like, wait, if we killed them, we're becoming so like non-powerful. Maybe we should listen. It's, what do you, what do you, oh no, not even half. I was going to say once you break half, but it's, it's smaller than that. It, it, you think it's smaller than half? It's more than half because we had half during the Civil War. That's true. Maybe sixty percent. That's how I'm going. I think it's sixty. It's like around sixty. That's scary. Well, the interesting thing about like revolt and stuff and movements in general is you always have a figurehead, mm-hmm. or ninety nine percent of the time you have a figurehead. You gotta have. You have to have a figurehead, otherwise people don't know what to like look for. Yeah, it's kind of hard to find what a movement's actually standing for. If you have a figurehead, it's this blatant example. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is, once that revolt finishes, the figurehead is then in power. <laughs> and normally, the figurehead is not the right person to be in power. They're just the right person to have as a figurehead. Yeah. Very different qualifications. Extremely um, different qualifications. It's like the qualifications of, hey, you won a beauty contest... Compared to like, hey, you're gonna like command an army. Not the same. It's not the same. You don't same trust thing. that person with that power. And then you, you don't. Get... But people like the beauty contest winner. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Not so you see dictators rise and <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. You made a game? Yes. Called I made a card Champions? game. What was that? I have no idea. <laughs> Anyways, yes, I made a card game called yeah. Champions. Maddox. Um, it's cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to well, okay. so elaborate. When did you start this? Like, we start... Oh, well, that's... Would, it started from a comic series? Okay. Oh, if we're going that far back. If we're going that far back. Okay, so... 
Back in elementary school, <laughs> I really like to make up my own like stories and stuff. Right. So I wrote a comic book with very subpar drawings. In fact, the whole basis of the comic book was based off of stick people. So you didn't have to draw. So I didn't have to draw. And the whole, this is not at all found in the game. <laughs> this is <laughs> no. completely cut from the game at this point. The in-between steps, you can see the progress. <laughs> yeah. Okay? But the whole cost of the comic was you have the stick person. They find this magical object that makes them create stuff. You know the pencil? Oh, that yeah. That one pencil episode from Spongebob? Yeah. Same concept. Okay. Probably where I got it from. <laughs> okay. He draws another person. Didn't have motives in this story. Definitely is the same exact thing that happens from the episode in Spongebob. And he's called Line Man. Except of stick man. Yeah. Because why wouldn't a stick man be called a line man? He doesn't have sticks, he has lines. <laughs> yeah. So this is elementary school me. Yep, yep. Thinking about this one. Um anyways, they have conflicts, that's whole thing. I decided to make a game off of this. Now mind you, this was still in elementary school. This is still cut off from champions. Yeah. It was this card collection game where I made a bunch of cards with subpar drawings based off of characters from the comic book and i gave them a bunch of different stats i thought of everything that i thought would be cool oh my i put them on it i called it clinks i totally forgot about we played this i played i played it a lot we played it like i remember playing it up north at both cabins yep like a lot a lot it was a terrible game it was completely like it was unoriginal. It was unoriginal. Uninspired. Um, it was, yeah, it was a jumble of everything. <laughs> it was terrible. Um, ooh, was there anything else in there? I, I don't, I think that's pretty much where it ended. And that was like, what? That, fourth grade. Not yeah, before that, maybe. Pretty, I was probably in middle school. Yeah. To be honest. So that was a long time ago. Um, this past winter, <laughs> wait, last, yeah, this winter of 2020 so like january february was it that early i thought of it okay i thought to myself i gotta do something i don't like working (laughs) okay okay (laughs) and i want to do something that i actually enjoy doing yep i remember this struggle yes um so i kind of started to think about my own methods of doing something and then one of the things i thought of was a game yeah. Because I've always, I've always liked the idea of making a game. It's just a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So this past March, <laughs> when everything was being shut down, I had a lot of free time. On my Are hands. you kidding me? A lot of free time, really? <laughs> I would actually say that school probably took up one hour of my day <laughs> at max. Because school was a joke. And you weren't working at the time. And I wasn't working. So you had... 15 hours in a day to kill uh yeah yeah i and at that point i didn't really reach out much to other people yeah um this is pre-learning of what covid taught you yeah Yeah, to tie this all the way around yeah Yeah. so i started making this game um it took a long time i felt like you had some of the cards drawn before january did you not (sighs) 
Maybe. I don't I can't even believe that was still this year. To be I can't honest. this year is very long. I have no concept <laughs> of the time. I could be complete off with all, completely off with all of my dates. Um <laughs> But I I drew out I came up with an idea for a game. Yep. Um I influenced off of some other games. Yeah. But um mainly try to make my own concept. It was really a jumble. What I did to make it Instead of knowing the kind of game I wanted to make, I instead I instead made a list of things I wanted the game to do. I, I remember this list. I remember telling you to watch a YouTube video to try to give you some inspiration. Yeah, on um, Four Souls. Yes. <laughs> I'm grabbing the notebook. You're grabbing the notebook? Well, I, I, have, the, I, I have the original needs list right here. Okay, let's hear it. Um, okay, so I want these are the basic concepts. I want you to be able to ally with like other people playing. Yeah, and that to be like for benefit. Like you should be able to benefit off of collaborating with others during okay. the game. Um, I wanted the more players, the better. Which kind of held, but not, not really. really. Not the final version. You need like under five. Can you do it with five? You, you can. I've played with. Seven at camp. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't work very well. So like six is pushing six it. Six is pushing it. Five okay. is like the max in my opinion. Three to five. Three to okay. Okay. Um I wanna be able to screw screw over other players. Yep. Definitely kept that. <laughs> Definitely did. And I wanted it, there to be ridiculous combos. And that is very much so. Very true. I've I've went down on that one actually because I mean balancing still has to be in place. Yeah. Um. But I th- that was a problem. I don't think I'll ever make a game like that again where I do it off a list of <laughs> concepts instead of a game idea. Yeah, that's fair. Because that makes it so much harder. That's completely open ended. So I'm making a second game, but. This time, I'm focusing much more on the gameplay and then implementing the concepts that I need. Right. For champions, I got 100 index cards. And just started... I started bumping out cards. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how many original cards are still in the game from first concept. That haven't changed at all? From the first time we played them and played the game at Dad's. The swordsman has not changed. Who, for context, is a is a single card that has the exact same stats, has the exact same description. And the reason it hasn't changed is because its description it does it doesn't have one. It, it has a sh- shiny sh- sword. Yeah, it's, a shiny it's like sword. a non description description. Yeah. It's your base card. It's my best base card that I pretty much built the game around. Awesome. But the game, um, it can get pretty complicated, especially for a new player. Yeah. But it's very, like, the more you play it, the more you learn. And I made enough cards over time through four different prototype, <laughs> prototypes, the last prototype being the published version. Right, right. Um... I've made enough cards where you can play a game and not see half the cards. 
especially if you're playing with three people. And the beautiful thing is because the art, the cards are kind of open-ended, even if you play a card one way, there's so many other yeah. uses for that card. In fact, one of the biggest challenges I have in making it is there's a lot of cards that seem useless. <laughs> there's a lot of cards you draw and you're like, this doesn't change anything for me. Right. But in like a different in a different game, when you have a completely different setup, it could be the card you're looking for the entire time and makes you like invincible practically. Right. Like it like wins you the game if you draw it. Um yeah. So I made the first prototype with index cards. I went past that and I started looking to actually like modeling the cards. Right. And to that I went to the game crafter. Yeah. So which I learned off of off of lunch. Which is a wonderful game. It's a very I've really come to appreciate lunch <laughs> the more I've tried to make a game. Um, yes. But I, I started making it on the game crafter. I put in all the files for the first prototype. I made art for the box, which this was all new experience for me. Yeah. I mean, I like to draw, but I would not say I'm good at drawing. You have, I, yes. I, compared to other people, even like in your age. Yeah, there, there are, are some very good people at drawing. Yes. Um, that's why I try to keep my drawing as simple as possible whenever I make Well, something that game. you can do. And then the more you do the same thing, the better you get at it. If you look at, because I made a website for this game. Yes, it is called um, Schmidt's Gamesmithery. 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 If you look up Gamesmithery in Google, it should come up. Really? Mm-hmm. Like one of the I'll definitely just put this on the description. That'd be great. Yeah. It's made off a free website builder, of course, because I'm not paying to build a website at this point in my life. <laughs> Why? But um, if you go in there, there's a section about like how I made champions pretty much. Yeah. It, it really focuses heavily on the art. Right. So you can see, first of all, original cards, which look terrible. You remember my um, drawing of a dragon. Yeah, it was so bad. It was I think that's one of them that's uploaded on the website. It is so terrible. I... So when I've made the actual first models of the cards that I had printed on actual cards and on index cards... Yeah. um, I really tried to focus in and make the models better. And every single copy... Every single prototype of Champions has better and better art. In fact, this past, like when I published, yeah, one third of the art is new. Really? Uh, you went through to redo a third of them? I looked through all of my art and I said, this isn't good enough to publish. This isn't good enough to publish. I made a whole list. And then I would take these... I, I, I draw all of these on a piece of printer paper <laughs> each. I have all the printer paper... Probably the whole ream. <laughs> really? It's, oh, it's probably it's a stack. so much. You gotta, you gotta like three hole punch that whole thing. Put it on like a just a binder or something. Yeah, just keep it. Oh, I'm I'm not throwing that away. Um, but I I took it and every every day I do maybe like three to five cards. But for this last prototype, I only did it if I knew it was gonna be better. Okay. Like, I only did it if I knew I had an idea for it. Yeah. Like, you're like, okay, I got you. It took a while 
because I think the way you approached it, which wasn't a bad way, because I mean, I, I learned a lot. You learned a lot, but it took a while to develop the like end themes. Yes. And that I think delayed the whole process a little. Oh, bit I think more. so too. I don't, if I redid it with my knowledge now, it would not take me eight months. <laughs> no, probably not. And this next game, yeah, depending on how busy, you're looking at it's less time. Less time. I really, I want to make it really, really good though. Yeah, because Champions is good, and I'm proud of what I've made. And I would, I would suggest picking it up. Yeah, um, it, is, it is extremely fun. It's a very the biggest. Good game. The biggest rule is like. House rules apply. Like if you if you have a question about a card, see the problem is usually I'd be playing with the people and they'd ask me what they should do if they had a question. Right. But if you're ever playing and you have a question about a specific card or how two cards interact, just just take a vote. Yeah, and see, the whole table. Yeah, take a vote at the table. Um, try to of course um, be get un- rid of bias. And yeah. Because it's it's a fun game. It's not serious. No, not at all. Um, but there's a lot of crazy cards, and if you think it would be really funny if two cards interacted in one way, just play it like that. Yeah, and that's kind of the learning curve of the whole game. Yeah. But you're making on this new one. You're saying how you want to make it like really good. I'll make how it really is, good. How is really good? I'll make it refined. Okay. Champions isn't... It's as refined as I can make it. But I want... Because of the way I made it. The way, yes. Because of the process I took of making champions, um, the cards will always be slightly wild and random. Right. This new game I'm making, I want it to be... like I'll make specifically design every card to be as perfect as possible. It's a lot to accomplish. I'm going to do less cards. That is true. 104 cards is a lot, a lot of cards. cards. Like a lot of cards. It's 104 drawings um, for <laughs> one prototype. Yeah. yeah. I, you should really take account of all the drawings you've done. I have them all saved. <laughs> I'm not going to get rid of them either. Oh, so, oh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll definitely just like throw the website. And yeah. Probably your Insta- and I would suggest checking it out. Yeah, I have an Instagram as well. <laughs> yep, with one post. It's it's so there's, far. There's more coming. There's yeah, I know, I know. Um, Are you gonna post updates on this new game yeah. that you're making? I was actually gonna post a new update pretty soon here. It's a good call. You uh, should try to be consistent with it. Mm-hmm. Um, that also holds me accountable to continue to work on work it. on the game. It's kind of hard to do that because. Like, my first step I did with this new game is I made the back of the cards. I'll obviously post that and it'll be cool to show. Right. But, like, specific game mechanics, not sure if that's as you know, prevalent to other people. What you could do is, like, make little videos explaining it. Because Instagram has that tool where you can, like, oh, post that. You can post a video. A video that can be however long. Yeah. That might not be a bad idea when you get further along and maybe you want to demonstrate a game mechanic that you've been working on. That's true. And then be like, if you guys like have one way or the other that you'd rather it go. Yeah. Or, I don't know. 
I think that'd be an interesting way to keep an audience involved. It's a very odd thing to pursue. Like <laughs> I don't know where I'm coming from when I do exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> There's no one paving the path. So, yeah, I don't know who to learn from for making my own game and <laughs> trying to... That's the beauty of it, though, right? Yeah, that's why I love doing it. Exactly. Well, we've been talking for like an hour and 15 minutes. That's pretty length with a few things, Josh. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll come through and make the transitions <laughs> a little bit better. But as for now, Seth, any closing remarks? Um, Not really. Um, Go give the Instagram page a follow. Yeah, of course. And uh, that's really it. Go check out the website for sure. If not, just buy a copy of the game. <laughs> I would have suggested it is a wonderful game. Yes. I'm not biased at all, so. No, why would you be? And I'm not biased. I have no biases. No. No. I purely enjoy the game. Well, Seth. Toodaloo. Yep. <laughs>